Hey friend, welcome back to the Vision Driven Health Podcast with me, your host, Robin Ryan McDonald. I'm going to keep this intro real short today because I am getting into a lot of scripture in this episode. And instead of giving summaries, I just decided to read the whole passage. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about confidence and beauty from a biblical perspective. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So my prayer for you as you listen to all the many scriptures I am reading in this episode, that your faith would increase and that your heart would be filled with hope and confidence in who you are in Christ. Let's get into it. Do you find yourself struggling to consistently implement healthy habits? Do you lack energy, confidence, and motivation because of stress, overwhelm, and shame for having not gotten it together by now? Friend, there is hope and grace for your health. Hey, I'm Robin Ryan McDonald, host of the Vision Driven Health Podcast. I'm a follower of Jesus, a wife, a mama of two, and a seminarian turned health coach. And I'm so excited that you're here. I found myself in my early 20s captive to cravings and convenience, 20 pounds heavier, super tired, with a face full of acne. I could not figure out how to maintain healthy habits until I discovered the power of aligning my choices with God's vision. 10 years and two kids later, by the grace of God, I'm still prioritizing my health and feeling amazing. If you are over quick fixes and are ready to feel good in your own skin, then grab a giant water bottle and let's dive on in. Real quick, I know some of you are in a space where you are just feeling super discouraged in your body. You really are struggling to look at yourself in the mirror. You avoid seeing what you look like and you're tired of feeling tired and not creating the results that you want for your health. In the Sustainable Health Transformation, my 16-week program, we guide clients into not only a healthy lifestyle that works for them, but also into an approach that partners with God and takes hold of his perspective and grace. We are halfway through the month with just a few spots left So be sure to go to visiondrivenhealth.com forward slash apply to submit your application. Okay, back to the four Bible verses on confidence to boost your self-esteem. Whether we want to admit it or not, confidence or the lack of it affects the way we show up in this world. And unfortunately, Our confidence is often closely tied to how we feel in our own skin. A major part of the problem is that we live in a society and culture that happily defines beauty for us. Generally, a woman is considered beautiful if she has a super small waist, big boobs, a perfect peach booty, as I think that's what the kids are calling it these days, (laughs) doesn't have wrinkles, clear, flawless skin with soft features, and perfectly full, thick, healthy hair. And then, you know, I'm sure there's other things that go on the list as well. 
Now there, you know, there's variation to this with different generations and demographics. And thankfully, there has been an attempt to broaden what's defined as beautiful in more recent years. However, even with the diversification of what beauty is defined as, it exists as an assessment of a single external aspect of a person. Friend, you are more than what you look like. And what is beautiful goes beyond physical appearance. You can confidently look in the mirror and see beauty. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying ignore the physical or that the physical doesn't matter or to say it's all about the inside. Granted, there is a biblical case for that. What I'm trying to get at is that beauty cannot be fully defined or completely known without actually getting to know who a person is spiritually, emotionally, their their heart, their soul. And my hope is after I dig into these four passages with you today, that you come away feeling confident in who you are in Christ. Now, this first passage is probably the most quoted passage with regard to appearance or beauty. Yes, I'm talking about Psalm 139, 13 through 14, which says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Now you can hear that and think, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. God made me, so I'm pretty. I've got value. I hear you. I know. I've heard it before. What I want to do here is add some weight to this for you because it actually provides the opportunity to get a lot closer to God when we read it in context. So let's start in verse one. Again, this is Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, 
they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Have you ever felt like if someone really knew you, they would reject you? They'd realize how horrible you are and decide they don't actually want to be with you anymore. And then, you know, would we wear baggy clothes or hide in pictures? It's almost like that same feeling is there of trying to hide for fear of not measuring up, not being good enough or attractive enough. In this psalm, David is describing a revelation of just how much God truly sees and knows about him. God knows everything. He's saying, I can't even escape your presence. And you can tell from the tone of this passage, David isn't upset that God sees him. He's not ashamed. I think, I mean, God does know every part of us, but I can think of just the thought of God seeing every part of me. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Jesus, you know, for this, that, and the other thing. And yet, and this is one thing I just love about David is that he truly does know God's heart towards him. And even amidst all the mistakes that he's made, he still knows that God has this loving perspective and approach towards him. And you can you can just see he is actually, as a result of having God know everything, all of his thoughts, all about him, he's filled with praise. Again, that the passage that everybody knows so well, verses 13 through 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And FYI, he's talking about himself. He's the work. We are God's work. It's not about being affirmed in how we look by hearing that passage. It's about realizing the goodness of God's work. He made you. Therefore, you are good. He didn't make things that are not good. And I love how he says also in verse 17, how precious are your thoughts to me, God? What if we just chose to actually listen and believe God's thoughts about us? It's about God's creation, God's thoughts, and God's purpose for us. You can look in the mirror and know that you are known, loved, and designed by God. So that's the first one I have for you. The second one is a lesson many of us need to be reminded of. This, The context of this, Israel has decided that it's time for them to have a king. This doesn't sound like it was God's desire, but they end up <laughs> negotiating this basically with God and selecting a man named Saul. And Saul was handsome and tall Literally tall, dark, and handsome. And if you know the story, he didn't turn out to be such a great guy. (laughs) And shortly after he became king, God actually had Samuel go and anoint a different king. And Samuel, went when he went to go and anoint this new king, he was directed by God to go to the house of Jesse. And he was told that one of his sons would be the new king. And we read in 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord, excuse me. When Samuel got there, he first was introduced to Jesse's oldest, strongest son, and Samuel just assumed this was the new king. He's big. He's strong. This is king king material. But, as I was about to read, 1 Samuel 16, 7 reads, But the Lord said to Samuel, 
do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with looking good or even trying to look good. What is so key, particularly when we are avoiding our own appearance in the mirror, because we've decided that we are not worth that look, we feel it's too painful to look upon ourselves. It's so important to know it's not about the outward appearance. It's about the heart. And with that said, it doesn't mean that you need to get rid of all of your mirrors because now we're only focused on the heart, (laughs) which I know nobody's going to actually get rid of all their mirrors. There's obviously other ways that (laughs) you can see a reflection, but, and obviously, I mean, we need mirrors to check to see if we have spinach in our teeth and important things like that, you know? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No. So you have your mirror, but here's the thing. I want you to feel confident looking into it. You can choose to confidently look in the mirror and see God's creation and ask, Lord, what do you see when you look at me? And let him speak to you and then actually believe him and what he says about you. Moving on to number three, continuing with the theme of finding confidence and being God's creation and receiving his perspective, we're going to look at Ephesians 2, starting in verse 3. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, doing the will of the flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who in his rich who is rich in mercy, Out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us. In Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of work, so that no one may boast. For we are what He has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. This passage alone could totally be its own podcast episode. It is dripping with amazing, encouraging theology and what we have as those who've chosen to give our lives to Jesus. Oh my goodness, it is so good. Our confidence is in what God has made us, not just in the way we look, but in what he's doing in our heart and receiving his grace and ultimately choosing to be alive with him, seated with him and walking out the good works he's created you to do. And I touched on this uh, a lot in episode 21. It's so important to remember that you are created for a purpose. You have a calling. We want our confidence to be grounded in what Jesus already accomplished on the cross. And I can imagine for some of you, this may feel unrelated to feeling insecure about your weight or your loose skin and your wrinkles. 
But what I'm trying to convey is that beauty isn't just a physical thing. And confidence isn't contingent on what we look like. It doesn't have to be about how we feel about our bodies. But even if it were, we can be confident that our maker calls us beautiful. And the thing is, it can take time, effort, and even practice to cultivate this kind of perspective, which is what actually brings me to this last passage. This is going to be the biggest chunk here. Well, I don't know. Maybe the Psalms was a little bit longer, but (laughs) this is Philippians 3, 3 through 16. And I want you to stick with me on this one and listen to what drives and motivates Paul. Actually, beginning in verse two, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of those who mutilate the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision who worship in the spirit of God and boast in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Even though I too have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as a loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to lay hold of that for with, for which Christ has laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have laid hold of it, but one thing I have laid hold of forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, this too, God will reveal to you. Amen. This passage, another one dripping with theology and encouragement. It's so, so good. And Paul is basically, you know, he's talking about beware of of the people of this world, of the pagans. And we know that we have the spirit of God and we can boast in Christ Jesus. And our confidence isn't in the flesh. Our confidence isn't in the things of this world. And he actually is even saying, in the flesh from a a Hebrew perspective. He's saying, hey, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm a member of the people of Israel. I'm a tribe uh, uh, from the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew born of Hebrews, a Pharisee. Like he was the poster child for a good Hebrew righteous boy, (laughs) man. And 
Yet, he says all of that is trash. It's garbage in comparison to what I have in Christ, to knowing Jesus. And friend, I am not trying to stomp on your insecurities. I'm not trying to say, hey, just stop feeling insecure. Because again, back to episode 21, Lord knows I have my own physical insecurities and wrestle with that myself. But I've got to tell you, when I read passages like this, it, 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 it gives perspective. It allows us to recognize where we really want our thoughts to focus. And the more we focus on Jesus, the more we focus on who God is, who our creator is, what he's done and what he's designed that changes the way we view ourselves. That changes what we spend our time thinking about. And I really want to encourage you as I begin to wrap this up to choose God's definition of beauty. Let him speak to you about what that is and what that looks like and what that encompasses. Put that up against what society says or what maybe you feel pressure to do in order to look a certain way. Does that does that align with God's definition? Does that measure up to who he says you are, choose God's perspective of your body and choose his thoughts about who is staring back at you in the mirror. Because friend, at the end of the day, it's all about him. And it is in continuing to fix our eyes on Jesus that we gain his perspective and ground our confidence in Christ. So to support you in this, if you haven't yet grabbed the Confidently His five-day devotional, and that's a devotional where you can spend some extra time really focusing on Jesus and taking hold of the confidence he provides you, you can get that at visiondrivenhealth.com forward slash confident. It's also in the show notes. But otherwise, friend, I hope this encourages you. I hope it blesses you. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Vision Driven Health Podcast today. I hope this episode inspired you, supported you, and blessed you in some way. If it did, it would mean the world if you would leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcast and share this episode on your social media. The more reviews and shares this gets, the more people can be blessed and encouraged in creating a Jesus-centered, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. If you want to hang with me and other Jesus-loving ladies who are creating healthy habits that last, be sure to join my free Facebook group, The Made Well Mastermind. Use the link in the show notes to join. Be blessed with hope, joy, and health. I'll see you next week.